Hey, this is Ryan Miller. I'm the lead pastor of Local City Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope this talk encourages you, inspires you, and reminds you that there is always hope. That this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. Enjoy the message. Hi, everybody. My name is Joe Lugo. I'm one of the pastors here on staff. I call Local City Home. I love that video because it segues into what I'm going to ask next. How many people have been praying that maybe the Lord would send you off to the mission field? Anyone? Okay, good. I blame you for the AC not being on today. And here's why. Because God's speaking to you. He's showing you what it's going to be like when you get out there in the mission field. There's not always going to be air conditioning. There's not always going to be convenience. There's going to be a lot of sacrifice. But it is worth it. Amen? Well, today I, I, I have the esteemed privilege to speak to you today. I feel so weird. I've got this on. I've got this going. That's not going to work, is it? No? Okay. So today I have the esteemed privilege of speaking to you about and kicking off the series Attitude of Gratitude. And as a pastor in the past, I know that this is probably one of the most challenging series that pastors start. It's a necessary series. Jesus talked more about this than anything else in the Bible. And he didn't talk about it because he wanted to get people's money. He talked about it because he understood that that is where your heart is. Your heart usually is where your treasure is. And wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And so he talked about it because he understood that we need to be aware of where our hearts are, where our treasure is. And so today I'm going to be talking about an attitude of gratitude. And I want to share, and this is going to scare you a little bit, but don't worry. We are going to get out of here by at least three o'clock in time for you to make the second game. I want to talk to you about crazy, joyful generosity. To me, it's really important. When we come to Christ, when we come to know God's love, his generous love, I believe that there's a transformation that takes place. I believe that our attitude changes and the way we see things change and begin to change. And we begin to transform. And I can tell you right now that the best way to live is in the attitude of gratitude. A generous life is a prosperous life. Can I say that again? A generous life is a prosperous life. It's a purposeful life. It's a satisfying life. It is a rewarding life. Have you ever gave? Have you ever given somebody a gift for their birthday? And they like it? How does that make you feel? By the way, I'm June 10th in case. Just. You ever gave somebody, like you're, you're driving, you stopped at a light and there's a homeless man and you, you have some food in the car and you just kind of gave him a burger? How does that feel? You never did that? You ate it yourself? I'm just asking. Or you've helped at the church somebody who's in need. How's that feel? It gives you purpose, right? It makes you feel like doing it again. Because it feels good. Do you know why it feels good? Because that's how God created us to be. We're created 
to serve one another. We're created to give to one another. Why? Because God's given us everything so that we in turn can give our all. It's interesting to me that this is one of the toughest messages. Oh, by the way, pastor left his plastic bag up here. Are you trying to give me a hint? Uh, maybe I'll use this one. I encourage you to take a bag. It just shocks me to think that it's hard, these messages. And, the, and sometimes, not you guys, you guys are on top of the game, man. There's a lot of stuff going on at local city church. And I commend you. I, I honor you and I am I am just in awe of what we've been able to do here. But, but a lot of times it's just hard to have this conversation because people think, why, is, why are they always asking for money? Why, why is God always trying to get my money? And, and, and if that's what you think, then you've seen this the wrong way because God's not trying to get something from you. He's trying to get something to you. And you'll see why in a minute. So 10 things, crazy, joyful generosity. Number one, generous people often give more than they're asked to give. Now this sounds crazy, right? Why would I give more than I'm asked to give? They're only asking for 10 bucks. I'm giving 10 bucks. In Exodus, we see a story and I just outlined all the, the verses. Um, I've given you a free 10-day devotional this week for you to look at in further every day and dive in and really pull out what God's trying to tell us here. But during this time in Exodus uh, 36, 1 through 7, uh, they were building the tabernacle and, and Moses, you know, had heard from the Lord and he had brought out two skilled persons. And then he said, well, how are we going to build this? And the Lord said, hey, you're going to build it internal, in-house. How many people know that the best things happen in-house? Okay, maybe not. How many people know the best things happen in-house, right? So we've done a lot in-house. We've done a lot to serve our city in-house. And so the people got a hold of it, and they started bringing. And it says that all the skill workers who were doing all the work on the sanctuary left what they were doing and said to Moses, the people, this is amazing, the people are bringing more than enough for doing the work of the Lord, uh, that the, wor the work of the Lord that the Lord commanded to be done. Okay, so, so, and I know a pastor would love this, right? If he said, okay, we're going to raise some funds to serve the community or we're going to build a church. And, and the church gave more than, than they had to. And the pastor says, okay, guys, don't bring any more. Have you ever heard that? I've never heard it in church. I've never heard anybody say, don't bring any more. But here, the people decided that this was important. They were going to bring what they had. And they were supposed to bring materials and gold and silver and all kinds of things to build the temple. And, and as they were bringing, and they were bringing, Moses said, all right, I get it, guys. Let's tell the people, and this is, I'd love to have this problem. Let's tell the people that we cannot, imagine for a second, you get your tax return. Anybody ever got a tax return? You get happy when you get your tax return? And then the next week, you get another tax return. It's yours. It's legal. Nobody's trying to flim flam or anything. You don't have to worry. You can cash your check. And then the week after that, you get another tax return. And you, some of y'all are smiling because you know what I'm talking about. And then you get another tax return and another tax return. Would it ever occur to you to say, okay, Mr. Government, Uncle Sam, don't send me any more money? Would that ever happen? 
I don't know. That's up to you. But in this case, Moses said, that's too much. And so generous people often give more than what they're asked to give. And I will tell you that giving to a cause that makes you reach your very best gift can bring some of the greatest fulfillment that you'll ever know. You know, when I, I think when pastor uh, talked to us and told us about the HQ, I got so excited about that. I got so excited because the next thing on the docket, dare I say, we're going to build a building. Okay, some of you are with me. I only need a few. I only need a few. We're going to build a building. Local City Church is going to have a building. I don't know if I'm speaking prophetically, but I'm telling you right now, it's going to happen. Because I believe God's behind what we're doing here. Number two, generous people give in response to a great cause. In 2 Corinthians, we see a, a, a chapters 8 and 9, we see a, a, a story unfolding. Paul is doing his what Paul does, missionary work, and he's in Macedonia, and, and, and there the Christians are going through a tough time. They're being persecuted. They're kind of new. They're kind of, they're not as affluent. They don't have enough money, but yet they, they gave, and, and Paul saw lots of need in Macedonia. So what Paul does is he goes, hey, I need to raise some funds. And so he goes to the church in Corinth, who were a little bit more well-off, and he says, hey, guys, Here's the deal. You got brothers and sisters on the other side of town, which is a little bit away from Corinth, and they are in need. Do you, do, you see, do you see the heart of God here? Can you give for a great cause? And the cause is to serve the people who are underserved. And so we see that whole story unfold, and the church responded. They gave when later on Paul says, hey, when I asked for this money, when I asked for this help, when I asked for these, this funds, the, all these things, there, there weren't very many people who responded. You, and then later on he goes on to talk to about the church in Philippi that also responded as well. So what I want to say to you is, can you see a greater cause? Can you see a greater cause here at local? Do you see the people that we've served during laundry, food, even here when we do landscaping or when we, when we help somebody out? Can you see the face and the cause? It's a greater cause because that's how we tell people hope has a name and it's Jesus. Many times people think it's what we say, but it's not really what we say. It's not even what we say we're going to do. It's what we do. And when we can identify and connect to a greater cause, we'll do greater things. Number three, generous people give out of their substance, whether it's large or small. In Luke 21, verses 1 through 4, it tells about a story about a widow, a poor widow that was in church. And it says, you know, she was in church and she put in two very small copper coins. And then Jesus saw this, right? And he says to his group of people, he says, truly I tell you, 
this poor widow who has put in more than all the others, because let me just give you the scenario. They're in church, and in church back in those days were the haves and the have-nots. She was certainly of the have-nots of the have-nots. Like she was like at the end of the have-nots, right? And so she, she, all she had was those two copper coins. Another version says the mites, right? That's all she had. It wasn't like she was given two copper coins from, you know, 15 million copper coins that she had. It was two copper coins. That's it. And then there were other people that were giving, but they were giving from their abundance, from their wealth. How much easier is it to give $100 to a cause when you have $100,000 than to give $100 when you have $105? Do you see, do you see where I'm going with this? And then Jesus says, all these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put it all she had to live on. I'm not telling you to write a check and go bankrupt right now. It's not what I'm saying at all. But here's what I'm saying. If you're not giving because you don't have, then you'll never have in order to give. Should I, should I repeat that or did you get that? Okay, so if you're not giving because you don't have, then you'll never give. You're you're not going to give. You're never going to give because always, 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 we can find a reason why not to give. Well, we just had twins. And by the way, local city church is growing. If if not through the door, babies are being born everywhere. I love that. That's legacy, pastor. That's legacy. So when you and I are, are, um, well, me, I'll be in a wheelchair, you might have a cane. This is still going to go on. This is still going to go on. I love that. I love that. And so don't allow that to steal your blessing. You, listen, God doesn't need our money. So why do we give? God does not need our money. He can make things happen without it. The, the reason why he asks us to give out of our substance, out of where we are, is because that shows us where our heart is. Many, 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 many times our heart will reflect our situation, where we're at, and what relationship we have with that and moving forward. Number four, generous people give more than just their money. And so if you're here today and you're going, oh, another service about getting money, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you know I'm letting you off the hook for number four. Because number four, we go to Luke 10, 25 through 37, right? You guys know the story of the Good Samaritan, don't you? So let me just paint a quick little picture. The Good Samaritan uh, is a story where some, a, a Jewish man's walking down the street in, a, in, in like the ghetto, the hood, and he gets jumped. And I don't know, maybe he... He had money, he had bling on, I don't know what the deal was, but he got jumped, he got beat up, he got robbed the whole nine, right? So he's on the ground, left for dead. And there's a priest that goes by and looks and keeps going, and the rabbi goes by and looks and keeps going. And then there's this Samaritan guy, and he passes by. He was on his way. He was traveling, he was going. He had, he had to be somewhere, but he sees him and he stops. He takes him, picks him up, and says it puts oil and wine. 
I don't know how that works out, but I guess he put bandages on there. If I am on the street and I'm hurt, don't you dare put oil and wine on me. I, I, that's not how I want to go out, okay? So don't do that. But um, maybe some, some uh, antibiotic cream or something like that. Uh, but but so, so, so he picks him up, he takes him to the inn, and he says, hey, I got to travel, but while he's here, here's some money, take care of him, nurse him back to health, and when I come back, I'll settle with you. So you're saying, oh, well, you know, three guys, one guy, three's the charm, third time's the charm. One guy, he had a little compassion. But here's where the story gets a little bit more complicated. You see, the Jews and the Samaritans hated each other. They were at odds. They, they would rather see a Jew or a Samaritan die before they stepped in because they, they, were, they had the same lineage, differences in how they expressed their faith. And that's what separated them. So... God wants more than your money. You don't have to have money to serve people. You don't have to have money to come to serve day and serve. No? Yes? I feel like the heat's getting to you. Right? The heat's getting to you. Here, let's think cool thoughts. Think cool thoughts. Let's, um, let's think of blessings. Everybody, everybody right now, think of blessings. Beautiful blessings. And do you know how the blessings come? When we give ourselves. When we give of ourselves, the blessings come. All right, so they give more of their money, more than just their money. They can give you time. You know, we have a, I have a saying that, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I serve on the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce of Pinellas County. And one of the sayings is, is that if you're going to serve, if you're going to be part of our board, there's three things we require. Time treasure or talent one of the three guess which is the one that I get the most it's not treasure I can tell you that but I get a lot of time and a lot of talent and in this room there's enough time and talent to build the tabernacle there's enough time and talent to transform this neighborhood this area there's enough time and talent to bring forth the hope that there is in this, in this area of Tampa, and his name is Jesus. You see what I'm saying? So you can't really say, well, I have no money, so I'm not going to do anything, or I'll wait till I get a raise, or I'll wait till this happens. It doesn't work that way. Number five, generous people give even when it doesn't make sense. You ever had that issue where you're about to give and you go, nah, this doesn't make sense. I'm in debt. I'm, and I'm not telling you to, to not be responsible to your debt. That's not what I'm saying at all. If you're in debt, you might want to take the next course while you're in debt. So generous people give even when it doesn't make sense. You remember this guy, Joseph, with his 12 brothers? Everybody remember that story in Genesis chapter 45? So... The, as the story goes, you know, he was mistreated, thrown into slavery. He went through this whole process. And then he, at, at, towards the end of the story, chapter 45 in Genesis, he becomes like the second guy. He's like the Mac Daddy in Egypt. He's running things. He's like the man. He's the man, right? And then all of a sudden, there's a famine. Now, before that, Joseph had heard from God, and he had prepared for this famine. They put away all this food. They put him in these storehouses, and they were ready for the famine. And so what was happening is that families would come to Egypt and they would see him and he would give them food. And guess who shows up? His brothers. And they don't recognize him. Because Joseph grew up. 
And now he's dressed up and he's got bling and he's, 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 he's set up. And they don't recognize him. And this is what Joseph could have done. Because I'm thinking if, by the way, I, I, my name is Joseph too. Um, I don't know that I would have done the same thing, right? So they show up and I'm going, hmm, they're going to get theirs now. <laughs> Somebody's going to get hurt right now. <laughs> You're going to find out who I am and we're going to get some revenge. But he didn't do that. He took care of his family and he, he had a plan. I mean, he, he kind of played a little prank on them later on just to get his family over and his little brother over so he could see them. And then he reveals to them, hey, I'm your brother. I'm the guy that you treated like this, like that, right? So generosity, generous people give when it doesn't make sense. And that point, it didn't make sense for Joseph to give. But he did. And, and what was his blessing? He reunited with his family. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. Generous people give to help others, even when they differ from one another. Now, I could tell you about the story that we just talked about, the Good Samaritan. But there's another story in Luke 7, 1 through 10. And it says, when, Jesus, when they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him. And this man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. Let me give you what that means, the pretext, right? So there's a centurion, right? And back in those days, there were centurions sent by the empire to watch certain areas. He was the guy watching them and making sure they stayed in line. And if they didn't, he was allowed to punish them, throw them in jail, do all kinds of things. But this centurion in this area, he decided that he fell in love with the people and the nation and their customs and the Jews and the Jewish religion. And so what he did is unheard of. It's, you know, he probably got in trouble. And if they would have found out the whole entire story, he probably would have got thrown in jail. He helped them build the synagogue. And then later his servant, whom he loved, got sick. And so he knew that he needed to reach Jesus because he heard Jesus was doing some amazing things. And Jesus could heal his servant, whom he loved very much and trusted. And the reason why he didn't go to Jesus is because he understood that there was a problem between centurions and the Jewish people. And he also thought he wasn't worthy of going to Jesus, so he sent some people. And then the people came, and he had this whole thing, and he said, I'm not worthy, but I know that with one word, you can heal my servant. And so what happened? Jesus said, because of your faith, your servant is healed. And so generous people give even when they differ in opinion. Are you willing to give to somebody who is not like you? Are you willing to give to people who don't believe like you believe? Are you willing to give and help those who don't even believe in God, who think you're less than intelligent because you do, or who have an alternative lifestyle, or who see things differently than you do, than I do, than we do? See, this has been a challenge for the church for a very long time. And one of the reasons why we've not been as successful as we could be is because we limit our giving based on how we see and feel about things and people. Imagine if local city church said, we're only going to share the hope that has a name with these types of folks. You wouldn't be here today. So generous people give and help others when they differ from one another. Number seven, generous people give to see the impossible become possible. I love this. Who would have, who would have thought 
that through all the giving and all the generosity here, that three years ago, this is where we would be. And looking forward, it's amazing. It's exciting to see what God is doing and is going to get. This is just the launching pad. He's laying the groundwork for the real stuff. I don't know if you see it, but I see it. I see it. And so in Matthew chapter 14 and in all the Gospels, we see a little story about a kid that had five loaves and two fishes. And it says that, you know, some versions say it was his lunch. I don't know what this kid looked like. This kid might have been, you know, six foot seven and 300 pounds. Because I, I like bread, but I can't eat five loaves. That's a lot for one person. I'm just saying. So then, you know, the story goes, this Jesus showed up and people mobbed him and he started teaching uh, and, and then it started getting dark and the, and the people there were like, hey, we don't want to go anywhere. And, and then the disciples were like, hey, hey, G, you got to chill because they got to go home. We, they got to eat. And, and Jesus said, no, no, you give them something to eat. And they found this little boy and they took his loaves and bread, uh, fishes and they said, well, 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 this is all we got. And Jesus said, well, go ahead, start feeding them. And they were like, mm, Okay. I think G needs a vacation because he's crazy right now. There's no way we're going to feed 5,000 men, not counting women and children. Scholars say it was plus 7,000 people in total, five loaves, two fishes. Are you willing to give to see the miracle? Sometimes you say, hey, my five bucks ain't going to make a difference. But if you give it like the widow gave it, if you give it in sacrifice expecting a miracle, guess what's going to happen? You don't know. Maybe that church that we built in Africa was, you know, let's say it was, I don't know, it was 25,000, 30,000, 50,000, 9,000. Okay, so maybe, maybe Pastor Ryan raised $8,995. And you decided, I'm just going to give my five bucks. And that five bucks made the $9,000 to build the church. That's a miracle right there, people. That's a miracle. See, it's all needed to make the impossible possible. Number eight, generous people give as a byproduct of their own personal transformation. Luke 19 talks about the story of Zacchaeus. Those of you who grew up in Sunday school like I did, Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. Remember that song? Do you remember that? Some of you, see, I, some of y'all as old as I am. No, maybe not. Maybe you heard it from your parents. I don't know. But, um, but I remember that song. I, we sang it in English. We sang it in Spanish. It doesn't sound real good in Spanish, though. Um, but anyway, so Zacchaeus was a tax collector, and he was a Jew. And what was the worst thing that you could be as a Jew? A tax collector. That was considered lower than the lowest thing on earth. That was considered a traitor. And so in chapter 19, we see the story, and it says in verse 8, But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. We're not talking about a guy who had a few dollars. This boy was rich. Like today, he would be rolling in a Lamborghini Aventura. Just rolling up at the whole conference thing. Yo, yo, here I am. Check me. Check me. Right? But since he was short, he had to get up on a sycamore tree to see Jesus come. And when he saw him, is any, I'm sorry if there's short people here. I, I'm, I'm only 5'10", so I'd have got up on that tree. Especially if it was a mango tree. I'd have, I'd have went to town. But anyway, so, so, and then he said, if I've cheated anybody out of anything, he was a tax collector. That's what he did. That's like how he got his money. He, he got for Caesar what belonged to Caesar 
and what belonged to Zacchaeus too. That's how he built his wealth. And I will pay back four times the amount of what I stole. So what happened to Zacchaeus from the time of being a tax collector, adding to his wealth, you know what happened? He came in contact with Jesus and he was transformed. And because of his transformation, he became generous because he understood what Jesus did for him. Now here's the thing. If you really get it, like the whole idea of salvation, the whole idea of what I deserve versus what I got, the whole idea of God sending Christ and Christ saying, I will go to become one of us, to restore us as on back to him. If you get that, there's no way you can help but to transform. The gospel doesn't change people. The gospel transforms people. There's a difference. Because when you change, you could always change back. I wish I could change my clothes right now because it's hot up here. Right? I could change. But when you transform, you can't go back. Just ask the caterpillar and the butterfly. When you transform, you become that which you're transforming into. And I can tell you that crazy, joyful generosity is a transformation. Living in an attitude of gratitude is a transformation. It is not a change. And so Zacchaeus was transformed. It's a picture of redemption. Number nine, generous people give out of their own poverty, going back to the widow and the mite. She didn't give out of abundance. She gave out of what she had. And I can't stress this enough because I've even lived in that mindset where I said, I get paid next Friday, I'm going to give. And then next Friday comes and all the bills and everything happens. And that's why I like the whole, um, uh, what is, was it? The automatic online, yeah, recurring, that one. Yep. Because, hey, we do it for our bills, right? It just comes out. Like I get, I get put money in the bank and then all of a sudden I have no money in the bank. And I didn't, I didn't do anything. It just, it just happens, right? So, so we do it for other things. Why not give God first? Because if we give God the 10%, as Pastor said, the rest is blessed. And I, I just want to pause here because before I, I gave my life to Christ and I, I stepped into the to leadership and pastoring, I, I, had a, I, I did really well. I lived in New York City. I made a lot of money. I made a lot of money. I, I was doing well, really well. And then there was, we moved down here and was still doing well. And, and God called me into the ministry and I said, okay, well, um, I, I've, I've given my life to Christ in New York and now we're here. So I struggled with it for a little bit. And then I said, okay, I'll give it up. I'll give up all that stuff. God's just going to take care of it. And I, I stepped into ministry and, and then I realized what $25,000 a year really looks like. And I got real scared. I said, Lord, I, I, I can't do this. This is crazy. I got two kids. I got a wife. How are we going to work this out? I want to tell you, 25 years later, fast forward from that day, I'm not making a lot of money. I make enough to be able to take care of what I need to take care of and give. And that's good enough for me. But I will tell you this, I have more in this moment, in this point of my life than I've ever had in my whole entire life. Right now at this moment, I have more stuff than I've ever had in my life. And it ain't because I got money. Something happens when we become good stewards. 
when we learn how to give God first and learn how to live on what's left. Something happens when we become responsible. You see, the wealthy don't become wealthy because there's money. They become wealthy because they learn how to manage what they have. And that's the secret that nobody's going to tell you. And so when we look at the widow, number nine, right? What we see is we see a person giving out of their poverty. Again, I'm not telling you to give because and to leave you bankrupt. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is that look at your situation differently than you do now. I can't give because I don't have. That's the wrong way to look at it. What can I give of what I have? That's the way to look at it. Number 10, here we closing out. Generous people give when others will not. Philippians 4, 15 through 16, the whole chapter four talks about Paul and we mentioned this a little earlier. He says he was in Macedonia and then he found a need and not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except for you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Sometimes when there's a need and people are asking for that need, Nobody responds. And you got a nudge, right? You get that little nudge. Everybody ever get that nudge? I get that nudge. It's not heartburn. It's not heartburn. It's not heartburn. It's a nudge. It's from the Holy Spirit. And you want to do something. But because nobody else is doing anything, you go, I'm not, I'm not going to raise my hand. I'll just do it later. And then later comes and you don't do it. See, generous people, people who live an attitude of gratitude, who live crazy, joyful generosity, they give, not because others are giving. They give because God has prodded them, has moved them, has motivated them to give of what they have because they believe in the cause. They see the need. They want to see the impossible happen. They want to serve others. They want to love people. They want to make a difference. So today, my challenge to you is to read those 10 points when you get home or during the week and just say, Lord, show me what I need to do. What would you have me to do? What can I do about my generosity? How can I put this in your hands? Whatever it is, don't compare. Don't look at anybody else. It's just you and God. You and God. Take your very best and put it in the hands of the one who multiplied the loaves and the fishes. Because he will certainly do that with your gift. He will certainly do that with your talent. He will certainly do that with your time. Thank you so much. I pray that the Lord would fill your, your storehouses. Do, can I pray a blessing over you? Is that cool? All right, let's do that. Do you want a blessing? Okay, see, now, now everybody's waking up. Everybody's. <laughs> Father, we thank you. You're a good God. You're an awesome God. You're an amazing God. And Lord, something so important as this that is near and dear to your heart, not the amount, not the thing, but our hearts. Father, I pray that you would open up our mind, that you would help us to overcome our doubts, our fears, our perceptions, what we've learned, what we need to unlearn. And know that you are God. And there is none greater than you. 
There is nothing greater than to serve you and serve those you love. So Father, I pray a blessing over this congregation for everybody that's here. I pray that you would, Father, do like, like, like Moses had to do, that you would give them more than they need, more above and beyond, and that they would say, Lord, hold on, hold on, no more blessing. I can't take anymore. Open up the windows of heaven. Lord, I pray that you teach us how to be responsible stewards as well and to give out of joy, out of generosity, and live a life of purpose. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us on the Local City Podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just heard and allow it to go deeply into your heart. Let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to Local City Church. Your generosity makes this podcast possible and creates life change for so many people. You can be a part of spreading this message by going to localcity.church slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this message with your family and friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. Have a great day.